It's time for Sex Talk with Lou. Lou Paget on TogiNet. So, have you ever wondered if you're normal or why you feel distant from your partner? Why they keep doing that? Want to recreate a truly connected relationship? Or wondered, how do I tell my partner or kids about things? Then this is your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Lou Paget is a certified sex educator, an international best-selling author. And not only will Lou and her guests discuss the most current research, they will put you at the head of the class on good, solid, scientifically-based information and how it will impact you and your family. Known for delivering information about sexuality and relationships sans the sleaze factor while retaining all the accuracy, fun, and the you're kidding factor. Let's get to it. Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet. And now here's your host, Lou Paget. Welcome, everyone, and thank you for being with me today. I'm just making a few notes prior to the show. And one of the things that I wanted to start with is there's so many uh, reports of people dealing with being charged with or they themselves um, saying that they have had to deal with sexual assault or sexual abuse. And there's a very high-profile case in Canada. He was a CBC, International CBC, which is Canadian Broadcasting or Corporation Radio, and his name is Jean Gomeshi. And his trial just started today. And I was reading on Facebook something that struck me as this was so bright that I I thought, I'm just going to go down the points that this person made for people dealing with this. So it was written by, uh, this was posted by Sasha Hamilton. And today is the first day of the Gian Gomeshi trial. Farah Khan wrote some really smart words about things we should be considering. Here we go. Today, one of Canada's most high-profile sexual assault trials begins. Five things for allies can think through. First thing, survivors are listening. That's sometimes something that people are, when they're, they're posting comments about things, it is almost like they think that that person's ears and feelings are not there. So when you talk, post, tweet about the hashtag Jean Gomeshi trial and shame or blame the survivors, we are listening. We are judging if we can trust you with what we were subjected to. Think about what you say before you post. And I think in any communication, whether it's communication about sex, about love, about anything, we have an inherent responsibility And truly, isn't that one thing? You know, if you can't say something nice, just don't say anything at all. Or at least if someone asks you for an honest statement about something, be you can always err on the side of being more gentle. I'm not saying be politically correct because God knows we've been gagged enough with that. But think of, put yourself in their shoes. How would you like it if someone just made that comment and this is your sister or your brother that's being spoken about. Survivors are listening is number one. Number two, be prepared. Throughout this trial and afterwards, people you care about might disclose that they are survivors of sexual assault. 
listen, believe, remind them it's not their fault, that they have the right to be safe, and they are not alone. You can share resources like the Toronto Rape Crisis Centre, Multicultural Women Against Rape, and Assaulted Women's Helpline. Now, again, you know, you're going to find different things in different cities. This is being held in Toronto, Ontario, this particular trial. Number three, people may not want to have to talk about it. Survivors may not want to engage with the trial hearing at all. It's not our job to educate you on sexual assault myths or share information about what we were subjected to. A great resource to check out is www.usetherightwords.ca. And, you know, when I was mugged, oh, this was 23 years ago, 22 years ago, one of the things that was just so astonishing to me is I was left bleeding and unconscious in the middle of the street, okay? And, you know, the the person, he did eventually get caught. I mean, the universe, when people do bad things to me or things that are, as we would say, untowards, I'm not there to go after them, And but somehow the universe takes care of things. But the thing that just shocked me is this woman who I really did not know. I'm sitting at uh, a meeting table and someone made some comment about, well, you know, and Lou, you dealt with, um, you know, being attacked. The first thing that came out of her mouth, I mean, it's like, land chop, did you even engage brain? She says, well, did you get raped too? What? I mean, that had to be one of the dumbass, stupid things I'd ever heard fall out of someone's mouth. On top of which, it is rude. Secondly, I mean, it just told me where she was mentally, and it wasn't very high up the scale. So, again, people may not want to talk about it. I was watching a show. I like to look at shows, if I do, that are feel-good shows. So there's one about the, you know, the people who are, uh, they're working with, why can't I think of Chris's surname? Chris, I'll think of it in a moment. But he flies to where they are. They write letters to him. I think it's Chris Powell. There we go. And some of these people are 400, 500, you know, 600 pounds. And he works with them to lose weight, not by um, lap band surgery, but by working with losing weight and working out. And this one gentleman, you know, about not wanting to talk about it, he said, oh, my goodness, he said, he says, I don't want to talk about it because Chris said, there's something else here. He said, I don't want to talk about it. And finally he said, I was abused. I was sexually abused when I was younger. Now, he had kept this a secret from everyone, on top of which he also was keeping a secret that he himself, his orientation was that he was interested in men, and he couldn't talk about that either. So his body was showing up in a way that if I put on weight, then people will not be attracted to me, and I'm not going to talk about it. So here's point number four. Practice community care. Check in with the people around you. Follow their lead and ask what they might need. Maybe it's a Beyonce dance party. Maybe it's dropping off a meal. Maybe it's sending pictures of animals. Just don't make assumptions. And number five, Honor the ways we survive and seek justice. There is no right way to survive sexual assault. There really isn't. A survivor can tell no one, tell themselves, call the police, 
tell a friend, heal on their own with community, utilize transformative, transformative justice, we can feel okay some days, some months, and other times we can feel different minute to minute. Why didn't you report it is a loaded question that is commonly posed to survivors. And it suggests that somehow we don't report what we are subjected to. It wasn't serious or legitimate enough to do so. Uh, I'm going to tell you, from what I know, contrary to popular belief, it's like they do not want to just reopen that whole thing. And then people start asking questions that they don't know how to ask. Again, think about you know how you're speaking. Reporting to the police is only one option. And for many survivors from marginalized, criminalized, and policed communities, it's not a real option or possibility. There are so many in- intersecting barriers of why in Canada only one in 10 sexual assaults are reported to the police. So please keep that in mind with any time someone speaks about something or when they share that this is something that may have happened to them. It is important that we understand the sexual health and the sexual, you know, boundaries, the sexual life experience of people if they're willing to share that. That doesn't mean that you have to be an expert in it. It does mean you have to put yourself in their shoes. It may have happened to you. It may not. You may know someone. You may not. But when we go through almost every day, there is another report of someone Uh, filing charges of assault. Now, the four women who came forward against this man, there were four uh, women and one with a um, choking to restrain. I don't know whether... And believe me, by the time women come forward to actually say something or anyone comes forward, it's often even more difficult for men, particularly young men. And if you want to watch something that is a powerful, powerful example of taking the ability to talk about something that they'd never spoken about before, if you look at Oprah's shows, Where Are They Now?, one of the most powerful shows she ever did was all of the men who came forward and said they had been raped, they had been assaulted, And what they carried with them were the pictures at the ages that it happened at. And when we see uh, priests, when we see members of supposedly, you know, to-be-respected organizations coming forward, whether it's a coach, whether it's a priest, we really have to be aware that culturally and community-wise, we all have a responsibility to know about things, to observe things, and to be someone that someone can feel safe with and that it's not going to be a a sort of a re-injuring of what they're going through. Now, we're coming up to the first break, and tomorrow I'm going to be going, and I'll talk about this um, in my next section, the someone who was at the Adult Novelty Manufacturers Expo, Kim Ayers. We're going to talk about all things sex toys, and I'll be able to give you some update on that for the next show. So we're coming to my first break here. Stay with me. Any questions, you can find it on the, um, go on to the community line at toginet.com. And here we go with the tunes. 
Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. To start rocking that woo-hoo that only you do? Because Lisa Stedman is on a mission. She will dare you, challenge you, enlighten you, provoke and empower you to bring out that inner woo-hoo. Lisa is an internationally acclaimed best-selling author. She's a breakup expert, a brand consultant, CEO of Woohoo Inc. and the Woohoo Radio Network. She will show you how to take your boo-hoo and turn it into woo-hoo. Get rebellious and get real. Get your dreams off the back burner. Get inspired and motivated to take action. Start rocking that woo-hoo that only you do in love, life, and business. She is going to be here for you every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Only here on the Woo-Woo Radio Network. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Eating fish can be delicious and healthy if you choose wisely. Fresh fish is a lean protein that is typically low-calorie and very satisfying. But when fish is breaded, fried, or drenched with butter, it becomes an unhealthy, calorie-dense food, especially when you order fish in a sit-down or fast-food restaurant. The greasy breading and creamy sauces can destroy the nutritional value. So make good choices when eating fish. Grilled sole, tilapia, or trout is mouth-watering and good for you. Salmon is abundant in omega-3 fatty acids, is light and scrumptious when poached, grilled, or pan-seared. So forego the restaurant fish entrees and opt to cook fresh fish at home. You don't need to be a seasoned cook to prepare a simple fish dinner. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. I was just looking at um, my junk email. And hip, hip, hooray, finally, I am able, I'm going, my new website is almost up. And actually, I'm going to end up probably having two. Well, I will. And one of the things I'm going to do is I'm going to get downright vicious with junk email. And I swear to God, half of the things that come through that, you know, are the junk emails, they're all about he got hard, he fell out of his, you know, his package fell out of here, you know, this happened here, I, you know, the, there's so many things that are absolute crap for telling people, you know, when sex, uh, you want it to be doing this, when you want to drive someone totally insane, if you want to have orgasms that are this or that. or And all of them are like the, the nasty little phishing emails. And for me, I'm, I'm so looking forward to being able to go out bad spot, if that ad, you know, makes any 
sense. It's like something that there's the prostate exercises. They're, they're just maddening. So please do not feel that you are alone in getting garbage emails, and particularly garbage emails that relate to anything about sexuality and sexual function. I would have to say I have yet to ever see anything as a spam email relative to sexuality that has any validity behind it, which then leads me to my next conversation. You know, as someone who works as a certified sex educator, as an author, as a speaker, speaking worldwide, doing Skype sessions, doing things, I, to me there's such a responsibility that I have when I speak in the area of sexuality and people's relationships. And I also do the same thing when it comes to aligning myself with companies, whether it's a product, whether, as I said before, I'm going to talk about the adult novelty show uh, next week, but when it, I talk about products that can be used or talk about people to refer someone to, and there, I mean, and I think many of us have had this experience where if you do exercises in the morning, one of the things I do is I do a, a qigong. Very simple. It's just, you know, awakening the qi. But it is something that, honest to goodness, is almost better than a latte. It is such a powerful way to build your own energy and to maintain your mental clarity. But what I had happened this morning is I got an email from a company that friends had introduced me to, and it was uh, ostensibly about life coaching. And listen, there are some phenomenal coaches out there. I've had business coaches. I've had mentors who have helped me immeasurably. And I will tell you, for the majority of people who are successful in any field, they have mentors. They have people they listen to or people they can bounce things off of. So I'm always looking for where can I find good information in the area of sexuality and in a business life. So this was something someone said, you know, this may be have what you are looking for. We are doing part of one of their programs. And I thought, okay, I, I'm open to trying it. Well, the long story short is that these people just had a $30 million lawsuit filed against them because they did not walk their talk. They gave all of these grandiose claims of helping people in their lives, changing people's lives. But interestingly enough, you never really saw that. So if you're looking for someone to help you, whether it's in the area of uh, changing cooking or doing gardening or doing something about writing, I'm going to be helping a woman with writing. Probably at the end of the show I have to do you know, some things. But look for someone who has achieved the things in the area that you're looking to have support. And what I saw with this woman I remember the first time I saw her, you know how when you're, you're looking at people, whether it's going into a relationship or going into a business meeting, you're looking at what they look like, right? I mean, if you have eyes or if you can hear them, those two things are incredible. You know, they, they give you your first, you know, opinion and first impact. Well, this woman, 
was wearing an outfit that should only have been worn in, you know, as a as a late night cocktail outfit, and it was something that was the wrong size for her, and I was like, who did not guide this woman? And this is supposed to be who people are being mentored by and taught by. Well, everything reaches its, you know, creates its own, as I call it, clarity of vision. Everything eventually comes to a certain point. And many times if you're looking at something, as they say, that sounds too good to be true, you know there's a reason for that expression. Chances are it is. And I've only, you know, been part of one MLM, and the reason I got involved in it is because of the information that was available. It wasn't that I was looking to make X amount of money. Um, Some of that did happen, but I wanted the information that was being shared. And the people really did seem to have a way of approaching the world that was unlike any other group I'd been around. Because here's what happens when, if you want to change your relationship, if you want to change your sex life, you want to do something about this, you're often going to go and look for a group that you can get information from. And sometimes they aren't trustworthy. And so they may have a product. They may just want to, like, as the expression goes, you know, hit it and run. And what I found with this group that was based out of Colorado, they they just kept sending these emails that were absolutely ludicrous, stating that they were going to be helping people with their sex life, helping people with their love life, helping people with relationships, and nothing ever came through. I wasn't taking their class, but I know people who were, and they were charging a tremendous amount of money and saying, we're going to use our own relationship as the example. Well, this was kind of like two grifters putting together something, and this is where my concern is, and this is where it really makes me go sideways. They were preying on people who were vulnerable, and that's not okay. It's simply not okay. And when and they didn't have the right information, so... You know, one does not want to go up and start complaining about things, but I do think that, I mean, eventually every, you know, all water seeks its own proper level. And now these people are, they're being, you know, the decloaked, as I would say, for who they are. Um, they're not someone who can create what they represented. And then there's no need to go into further detail. But I want people to know that when you're looking for someone to help you, find someone who's had the results you want. Find someone who has created relationship. I mean, I have over 3 million books, 28 languages, 60 countries. And the people who are buying them, I mean, I'm still getting very lovely uh, royalty checks from countries outside of the U.S., and people are, they're getting results, or they would not be buying the books. And this, for me, warms my heart, and it also is what's going to be featured in my new website. On the, one of them, I'm going to have a 30-day, uh, <clears throat> pardon me, a 90-day. So every three days, there will be 
a two to three minute uh, video of a tip, an idea that I will share with you. I'm doing my calendar of what those tips and ideas will be. If it's, you know, different types of touching, different types of kissing, different types of things that you may not have thought of but other people shared with me. I will, you know, pull things from the best ideas from my books. And I'll also do quiz questions with you. Because many times what happens in the area of sexuality is that we are given, we're kind of told one thing, but then what we're not told is what the real answer is. So you may read something in Cosmo that the person makes this particular statement, but they're wrong. And so you're going, well, I thought it was this, but it's it's not. So when I ask a question, for example, just uh, how many orgasms are women capable of having? One, two, everyone knows that. Uh, answer number three, answer C, I should say, five, or answer D, 11. And the answer is actually D. Now, that does not mean you have to have a list and go out there and go down the checklist of, woohoo, I need to um, try all of these. No, the reason I did that is that I wanted people who experienced these different types of orgasms to have their experiences validated. And for men, men are capable of having nine different types. So for women, this and the area that's getting stimulated, it's only one area except for the blended orgasm, which is two areas at the same time. So for women, they can have orgasms as a result of very intense kissing, so from mouth, from nipple, breast, from the clitoral area, obviously, from the urethral area. And the urethra is uh, surrounded on on three sides by the clitoris. Then we have the G-spot area. Then we have the anterior fornix erotic zone area. Then we have the deep um, cervical. Then we have anal. Then we have blended, which is two areas at one time. Then we have a zone orgasm, which is an area you would not expect. And then we have the corgasm, which is the tight orgasm that occurs when people are doing strong crunch moves. And so... That would be an answer that I would give when I'm going to be doing my new website. Here come the tunes, and I'll be right back with more things about love and orgasms. Please stay with me. Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet.com. engaging in small talk with prospective clients before business negotiations is a good idea? A new study from Nova Consulting Group suggests that it all depends on whether you are male or female. 
The study found that a little chatter by female professionals before a meeting will generally produce a positive image, but not always positive results. However, male professionals who begin negotiations with a little small talk usually glean favorable returns. This is because there is a preconception that women are already expected to be more communicative than men. And when a man makes small talk, he is perceived as friendlier and likable. But beware that babblery or gossip will only get you into trouble. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Let's face it. Most of us want to exercise, but motivation can be lacking and cause you not to work out. Men's Health Magazine puts it this way. You have the right to remain fat or skinny or weak, but you should know that every workout you miss can and will be used against you to make your belly bigger, your muscles smaller and weaker, and your life shorter. Unfortunately, most Americans are exercising their right not to exercise. Men's Health states that a recent study by the National Center for Health Statistics found that 63% of the population, about the same percentage of Americans who are overweight, believe that exercising can make them healthier, leaner, and less stressed, and still they don't do it. Don't fall into that statistic. Exercise your right to stay healthy and fit. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Just before the break, I was talking about the 11 types of orgasms women can have. Men can have nine. They obviously do not have a clitoral orgasm, nor do they have a G-spot or anterior phonics erotic zone orgasm. Uh, yet, but what, what I wanted when I asked these questions that I'm going to be putting into my new website, that... I want people to get the information in the comfort of their home in a way that they can then go, oh, that's what that was. And I was doing some work with a woman who uh, has a health condition, a chronic health condition, and when we had done two one-hour sessions, and she is an attorney herself. She's a bankruptcy attorney. And her comment to me was, you have explained but now, she's helped, had this health issue for her entire life, so she's now in her mid-50s. And she said, you have, you have explained more to me about my body and about my sexuality than my... Uh, she net, rattled off four different types of doctors that she's gone to. And the reason for that is that the doctors don't get any training, sadly. So... That's one of the reasons why, for me, I'm so proud of being the chair for the Leadership Council, which is the fundraising arm for the program in human sexualities, the endowed chairs at uh, University of Minnesota's medical school. That's where the program of human sexuality is located. So the other thing I wanted to talk about today is love. And 
what do we really know about love? Now, I've read enough about types of love, styles of love, yet when we are looking at doing our spiritual developing work, now, and not spiritually from an organized religion standpoint, but from knowing that we all have a soul, I think that's a great place to start. Where and how do we learn of love that we are, in essence, all supposed to be a part of? And, you know, they they make comments of, you know, your loved ones who have passed. Well, I've had family members who have passed, but I don't feel a tremendous amount of love for them. I guess I'm going to have to, you know, (laughs) do a personal review here. But I'm reading this one quote that a friend posted, and it says, To love someone is to learn the song in their heart and sing it to them when they have forgotten it. And and I quite agree with Mary Lou. I said, that's absolutely beautiful. And there are times when we need to do that with our friends and with ourselves. And I I did that this weekend with a friend of mine who she was going through, she was, and this is a person who was normally up and spunky and everything, and she was absolutely despondent. And she said, my whole world is an absolute disaster. And she had just ended, you know, a two and a half year, eight month living together relationship. She had moved. She doesn't have a place to, to, to live. She is no longer doing the career that she wanted to. And she said, I just feel I can't get any lower. And we talked for maybe half an hour. And yet what I said to her, knowing her for two years as I have, that there were things about her that I just repeated. And I said, you do remember this about yourself, right? And those are things that as a friend, as someone who is a lover, as someone who is in a relationship with someone, you can tell someone what you see that validates them. Truly, what an opportunity. And few people are given that, and even fewer people accept it. So know that you have, and you can create a miracle for how someone feels about themselves. And she said, she said to me, I'm in a dark room with the door closed. <laughs> I said, okay, stand up, walk out of the room. Do not sit in that bed. And she started to laugh and walked outside. And it was, if you want something to change, change what you're doing, right? And there are times you may not feel like doing something. I get that. We all do. But that also means part of being an adult and part of doing what you said you were going to do is, guess what? You do it. And in relationships, and when you're looking at what love is, I was reading the, uh, there's a book. Now, where the heck did I stick it? I'll find it in two seconds. And what it, what it is, the woman who saw Jesus when she was painting. I'll find it. Don't worry. It's here somewhere. And what what I enjoyed about that is uh, that it's entitled Love Without End. And what 
he spoke of was that love is not the love of like the chocolates and the flowers love or the romantic love, but love from a core sense in the knowing that we are all one. And I listened to a uh, presentation on, was it done on Sunday? I think on Sunday, uh, 11 o'clock. And it was a powerful message on how to look at, we often will hear of being off the grid or being on the grid or being part of the universe or of ascension or part of love and how are things changing and growing in our lives. And this was from Catherine May, and it's from her site, whoneedslight.org, and it's Blog Talk Radio. And she literally, and that's what had me think about, what do we really know about love? We don't get taught of the majorly powerful type of love that we are all part of and that we are all from. Instead, we get programmed that about everything being separation, division, we're not this, we're not them, when in all actuality, we are. And when I ask couples and I ask people, what are you looking for in someone? Sometimes they will say, well, I want someone who's very similar to me. And my comment to them is, well, this person is like you. They are of you. They may have a different physical look. They may have been raised from a different place. Yet what they do have, the same instant source of who you are. And that source is love energy. And that's the stuff that when this woman was writing the the book uh, with, you know, having Sananda, Jesus, you know, whatever term you'd like to use. And that for me was a powerful guide to consider when when I look at, yes, I, I you know, loved my parents, but in a way that um, wasn't the love that I have for my partner or for my sisters. And we kind of get to the point where we kind of divide up what love looks like, right? We say that, oh, I love them this way or I love them that way. And what I want people to be aware of is if you have the ability and the awareness to expand, because ascension is really expansion. And if you have that awareness, you are going to be able to see a world so differently than the world of separation that we have been raised with. I mean, the first thing that happens is it goes like this, oh, you're female, you're male. Okay, great, we got divided that way. Then it's you're from this city. Have you ever noticed how even if you are in another country, if you meet someone who is from your country, let's say someone says, oh, you're in France, and you run to something, oh, well, I'm from the U.S. too. Oh, where? And the first thing you do is you start to find out whether or not you can consider yourself to be part of who they are, right? And it's what my friends who are Jewish refer to as Jewish geography. Where are they from? Winnipeg, are they from Toronto, or are they from New York, or where, what area in California? And all of it is designed, yes, to make you feel part of something, but also to outline 
that you are separate and you're not together. And I think if we can work on that as a focus in relationships and in sexuality, wow, will our world occur differently. We will have people who, instead of the immediate thing of, you're not me, they'll look and go, you actually are me. And one of the things I do when I go through an airport is I look at people and I look at them because these are people I will, chances are, never see again in my life. They're going somewhere, we're going somewhere, we're going somewhere, and it is, to me, it is an exercise in practicing we are all one. So I will smile at people and I'll just nod as I'm walking by. I'm not stopping to engage them. I'm not, you know, saying, ooh, you you know, you must do the same thing for me. But I will tell you, for the majority of people, they're kind of stunned. They're kind of like, whoa, uh, that person just smiled at me. And I do it as something for me, for me. Not because I want to get something from them. I'm already, in my mind, a part of them. So when I do... When I speak with couples and they're saying this person is so different from me, no, they're actually not. And so when I look at this show, and I'll be interested to see what happens on Married at First Sight with David and the woman he married, who, honest to goodness, I, I can't help but say it's almost like she's a spoiled little brat who will not you know, step up to the plate in the way she represented she would. So when we come back, I'm going to talk more about love and we're going to talk about some adult toys and novelties. Please stay with me. I'll be back after this break. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Padgett. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. Welcome to TogiNet. Radio with a cutting edge. Only once every few years does a show come along that makes you think, makes you care, makes you believe the impossible. A show featuring only the best in writing, acting, and directing. Until that show comes along, we suggest Paranoria, Texas. Thrilled to the adventures of six super-powered nerds on a never-ending quest to take over the world and to complete their collection of She-Hulk comics. Paranoria, Texas, Monday nights at 8 p.m. Central on AstronetRadio.com. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone. Um back on again uh, over the weekend and I think it must have been a an absolute like a joke posting there was uh a 
article posted saying that a woman in Beverly Hills, I'm my office is in Beverly Hills, Beverly Hills, um, an elderly woman dies and she's found with a vibrator still inside of her uh, in the emergency ward. <clears throat> I'm, you know, there's the, there are these story. I mean, there is the show, you know, Sex Sent Me to the ER. And, yeah, sometimes people do do crazy and wackadoodle things, usually, you know, inserting something they can't get out, which is why if anyone's using any anal toys, for heaven's sakes, make sure it has a flange. And don't be putting something in there just because, you know, just because you think it's going to be, you know, a fun thing. Uh, use an actual toy. But I just went in, and I see web results. A 31-year-old woman, a, di- a guy dies with a vibrator, British guy dies, man dies, um, and sex toy kills man after it gets stuck. These are, I, I think if one were to go on Snopes, and you know what? I'm not finding Snopes to be a very reliable place any longer. It is something that that a lot of the things, when they're posted up there, they're put up by people, and you can't change some of the things, even those things that are put on Wikipedia. I will tell you, if you were looking at Wikipedia as a false, you know, as a place to get information about people or events, you might reconsider. They, I, I remember sitting in an event, and these two people were both friends of the woman who was the, the presenter. And so she says, well, so-and-so, blah, 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 blah. And both of them said, where did you get that? And she said, I got it on Wikipedia. Both of, and thankfully, the, you know, this was, she had invited both of these people to speak at her presentation. She is a, a coach for people in uh, acting and in presenting. And both of them said, that's flat out wrong. It's not right. And she only did two Wikipedia things. She goes like this, well, I'm throwing all the rest of these out. And, well, she should have. So when you're looking at anything online about sex and whether or not it's the real thing, consider finding someone who you can get the real answer from. Many times people try and do something that's a little bit um, salacious or sensationalized uh, just to, you know, just to create a so-called headline. This one, if I'm not mistaken, for some reason I thought it was in the uh, L.A. Times online. Anyways, I'm not going to go sneaking around trying to find that. Let's go back and look at who are you in your relationship with yourself and your sexuality. Are you comfortable with it? Are you happy with it? And here's what I also thought was interesting. Looking online finally seeing a group of people who said, you know something, we're really quite comfortable not being sexual. And for some couples, that's the case. For some couples, it isn't, you know, having to do what everyone else is saying, They, you know, what they think everyone else is doing. No, it's that they are being honest about what is working for them. And to that I say a high five. One thing I will make a comment on if we're looking at an online thing, this is something that I just think is, come on, you guys can do so much better than that. And it is the advertisements 
that have been put forward for uh, the company called Equinox Gym. And it's just horrendous. And yet, and I think to myself, and they defend themselves saying that, you know, a male model licking $100 bills after uh, the, you know, customers complained and said, hey, the gym focuses on wealth instead of health, and the guy's lying there with suspenders, supposedly, in a, you know, major penthouse licking this money. And, you know, the tagline is supposed to say, commit to, commit to making it, commit to losing it commit to something. And I had a friend of mine who was in her 40s who called up Equinox after they had done an ad that was it was so awful uh, for women. And you know what they basically got told? Screw you. Drop your membership. We don't care. And I was like, seriously? And... You know, it's, it makes me wonder what they are doing with who are they targeting. If this is supposed to be, and if it's supposed to be something that is about sexuality, fine, have it be about sexuality. But don't have it be a half-naked guy lying there with, you know, bills stuck in his, all over his chest, stuck into, he's wearing, you know, the little... Uh, elastic gator things that hold up socks. And, you know, it's, you know, I have friends of mine who go to Equinox all the time, but this, these ads make them look like they're targeting people who have personality disorders. And I don't know why they would want to do that. I'm, I'm wondering who is making the decision of these ad campaigns. Is it to shock is it to make it seem like, oh, we can be so outrageous? Um, the whole thing about going to a gym is not to be outrageous. It's to, to create a, an environment of health. I mean, call me crazy. But anyway, let's go on to Adult Novelty Manufacturers Expo. Next week, I will be talking uh, uh, about what Kim Ayers will be presenting tomorrow. And what I look at when I go through these shows is I look for what the business trends are and what the development trends are and what are the knockoff trends. And honestly, it is almost like the only thing that really makes a differentiation between the biggest groups is kind of like a level of sleaze factor, but it's also they all go to the same manufacturing, monster, monster manufacturing group in China. And then they walk through, like with a shopping cart and go, I'll have one of those and two of these and that and that color and this and that color, which is why when you go to look for toys and products, you're going to see almost the identical thing from every manufacturer because guess what? They are the same manufacturer. And there are few companies that come forward that has something new. There is a company that I saw last year, and they're actually written up in what is referred to as the uh, EAN, which is the um, European Erotic News magazine, very thick, glossy. The person who started the company, his name is Robin Alenga, 
and the company is called Revel Body. And what he did is he created a type of vibration that was unlike any other vibration that people had seen. Now, interestingly enough, what he wants to do, and it's called, a, you know, people were focused on linear resonating motor technology. And what the first generation of the Revel were was sonic vibrators. So what he's looking to do from a business uh, category and a business uh, direction trend is he himself does not want to be doing the development of the sale of the product. He wants to just develop it and then sell that to other people who will do the marketing. So his focus is, you know, he's a, he is a core technology, but his focus is that he wants to basically offer it to licensing partners to use in their products. And that is a market advantage. That is then a group that can use his own, something that is completely unique over here, and everybody and their dog does not have it. Another thing that I look at is the number of times that they are still trying to present themselves, many of these product manufacturers, as being about sex education. And no, they're not. They're really not. They are about selling the product. And the people who do the majority of sex ed, and Kim Ayers and I have spoken about this, are the people who bring in someone who might be a rep for something, and they educate at a bricks-and-mortar level, or they educate where people are face-to-face. Because many times what we see is a product that really is not going to work for a lot of people. And what, but what people want to know is, what are, what's the range of opportunity for me when I'm looking at toys? So if we're looking at, do you want a vibrator? Do you want it for you as couples? Do you want to use it solo? Many people, for many people, masturbating is one of truly the more private ways of, you know, self-pleasuring is much more vulnerable and private than having sex with someone. Now, is it something you want your partner to learn how to use? Maybe. Do you want your partner to watch you? Maybe. And oftentimes, I'm, I'm expecting to see, again, more robot tech, more things, because the designing ideas, a lot of the designing ideas of the new tech are coming out of Asia. Hello, their source, and they love robot technology. So is this, I mean, we also have the Bluetooth technology, having your um, iVibe vibrate somewhere else. But, you know, you have to be able, again, communicating what you want from your partner. I had spoken of a woman who she called an old boyfriend when she got the assignment, I believe it was for Cosmo, on the remote-controlled iVibe. And her boyfriend knew how to operate it, but what she hadn't communicated to him was, I'd like to try this vibration. Interesting. So we're coming up to the end of the show here. And next week I'm going to be talking about, um, it's going to be a show on sex toys. And 
the use of sex toys within different communities, different audiences. And what I'm also wanting to talk about is, is there, um, if there's questions that you have that you'd like me to answer, my new website should be up by then, hip hip hooray. I will do a Facebook and a tweet on this, get them, you know, numerous little tweetlets, get things out there, so that you can have easier access. Because right now my website is just plodding along. It, it's hopeless. And I, my mission is to give people accurate information that helps change their life, helps give them an ability to change their attitude about their sexuality if they want to, expand what they're thinking about, and enjoy themselves more. That is, that's the umbrella. It has to be accurate, has to work, and it has to make you feel good. So for all of you, enjoy the rest of your week. Any questions, you can find me at office at loopadget.com. Enjoy yourselves. Be kind to yourself, as Ellen would say, and I look forward to speaking with you next week. Take care. Bye-bye. for being a part of Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with host Lou Paget. Every week, this will be your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Join Lou Paget 